0: The Say Something Podcast is brought to you by A Moment with Morris.com and BlackBlueprints.com. That's BlackBlueprints with a Z.com. I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, sir. We are bringing you the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Yes, that is where we get together, talk about everything out here in the life and the traffic out here in these streets. In these
1: cool, cool, cool
0: streets. Back at you, coming at you with episode number 78. 78, 78 with a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> Always taking the time to highlight those uh, in our history, our culture, uh, black excellence, you a call it? A moment of black excellence. A moment what? of black excellence. Jermaine Morris. So this shout out, this episode dedicated to a, to a queen who's gone on. hey you with these dead people, man. We got to give up, pay homage to the ancestors, you know. We, it's great that we have contemporaries who are doing great things, but there's a whole lot of people who put in work before we got here right. that allows us to do what we do now and most cases they struggled to allow us to do the stuff that we complain about. That part. <laughs> and so, uh, she's gone on, She's passed. She was born in Alabama in 1891. And uh, her family moved to Eatonville, Florida in 1894. Uh, She was an author and most of her short stories, they took place in Eatonville. Like she kept it really about home. Like that was a place that was very uh, special to her. And a lot of her stories were about the black experience and the racial division. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of painting the picture in a very detailed fashion. Like you you knew who the character was. So like how we had like uh, Terry McMillan. You know, who used to write all the, 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 the sisters stories throughout the 90s and, and, and make shows and stuff based off it. You know, it's like, oh, well, you about to get some some black literature. And so uh, she studied and she was a smart woman. She had ended up studying um, anthropology and uh, I may say the wrong way, ethno, ethnographic. I wasn't <laughs> familiar with the subject. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, because she was uh, studied. Uh, she did research in anthropology and and, uh, and ethnographic ethnographic studies. Uh, a lot of research was at Barnard College. She also went on to get her bachelor's. Uh, mm-hmm. She did a lot of research when it t- t- pertains to uh, African American folklore. So she did a lot of research on Voodoo and uh, Haiti and Jamaica. She did uh, a lot of her work. So she was really known. She was really instrumental in the Harlem Renaissance. So going back that that time period, like a lot of her work was telling like Black stories with with, with something that was relatable. We was on board with her. She wasn't like a mainstream type person, but yeah. but we was all rocking with her. And so. Uh, A couple of things she had published was like mules and men and uh, their eyes were uh, their eyes were watching God and tell my horse of voodoo, voodoo and life in Haiti and Jamaica. Mm. And so uh, she had gone on to Howard where she helped start up, co-found their university paper all throughout her life. She'd done a bunch of stories and research that she was just really a great storyteller. And though when she ultimately passed, uh, her money and her stuff wasn't straight. So she passed in a in a welfare home, like you know, all through the course of her entire life. By the time she got to the end, like for all the great works that she had done, when she passed, she passed really with nothing, and a lot of her work went dormant and quiet until many, many, many years later, where um, Alice Walker had published a piece about her in Miss Magazine in 1975. And so that kind of revitalized, and people really went back to studying what she was doing. And then she had her published work, a manuscript, that stuff that she had written in the 1920s, okay. ultimately got published in 2001. She passed in um, of uh, heart problems. She had a, a form of heart disease. She passed in 1960. But in 2001, she got her stuff published through the Smithsonian Archives when they were really paying attention to a lot of the great work she did. She was a really unsung hero when it came to telling black stories, black folklore, a lot of stuff that that we gravitated to that the mainstream didn't really touch. And so uh, I think that that's important because there's a lot of people that don't get credit who are really doing it. And it takes a long time after they're gone before people realize the impact that they had while they were here. So uh, we go rest in peace and show some love one time to Zora. Neil Hurston. Oh,
1: that's, that was a wolf. One out of the woodwork. Celebrating. Uh, they do a festival
0: for her every year. Okay. The Zora Festival uh, down there in Florida. Celebr- what, celebrating
1: a, a Women's History Month?
0: Yeah. Uh, like well, they do it just because, like, like I said, her, her works are, are... It's almost like if you were... So say if they never made movies of Stephen King's work. Okay. So a better example is Anne Rice. Okay. Who did all those vampire books. If they never made the Interview with the Vampire movie... There's a big cult following of people, much like the people who know Harry Potter and stuff without the movies. Yeah. Those people who followed the works and followed the the stories and all that. Mm -hmm. She was like that. Never got the movie, never got the mainstream, you know, paid attention. So there was a lot like she was I mean, in all kind of magazines, publications. Her stories were all over the place. Like, but she just never got that mainstream look. So there's a lot of people when you go down into Florida stuff wow. who, who really who really mess with her. Like I said, they have a big festival about her. They honor her every year. Uh, but most of us in day to day life never hear about her. Nice. And I think that's the part too to that is important
1: on stuff like this that to we do to know educate. Yeah, know who you who, know who your people are. Yeah, I mean I think that's the unfortunate part about us. Kind of as the theme will be us, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, that. We don't identify with so much of our culture, so much of our history, and the history that's untold, unseen, unheard, that has a lot of good quality, right? Yeah, A lot of empowerment that kind of embraces not only the struggle that we are constantly in, but also identifies how much they've done to help us move and elevate in what I say the process, because I think the progress is ongoing but yeah. the process. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I love it when you bring down those, you know, uh, a moment of black excellence with Tremaine Morse, because yeah. it not only identifies things that I don't know, but other people don't know. And it also ups our game in history.
0: Yeah. And I think it speaks volumes to like to her, like when she was coming up uh she wanted they had a thing to where you can get it though they was still get your free education and she had some family stuff so when she to take advantage of a free education she lied about her age wow. said she was younger than she was so she could make sure that she finished the school and then got into the college so most people always thought she was younger than she was because mm-hmm. she was lying on the paperwork but just the presence of mind and just you know i i think that that's important that we that we highlight these folks um, and especially when it comes to creativity and storytelling uh, We got a brother out here who's getting a lot of headlines For his ability to tell interesting, interesting and uh, intricate stories Multi-layers uh, Getting a lot of good looks They tried to hate on him a little bit this week Because he said he can't see himself cast in any of his films Casting a white guy as the lead
1: But our brother uh, Jordan Peele Okay, before we go into Jordan Peele and go to us How are you? Let's get into the how are you Let's, let's talk about good. our us about our health and our (laughs) because it's we ain't seen each other in a while we've been kind of doing a lot of stuff on the back end just to give you guys some clear clarification uh say something podcast me and my brother morris we ain't breaking up we have been very strategic on things that we've been doing outside of our podcast world so we've been very very busy and um, you know, our schedules have been crazy. I just got back from New York. you know what I'm saying a much needed a moment. Of course, the Cephalon Clark thing happened. Um, of course, for the update with that, Still, no firing in the officers. Um, yeah. Shot us out to um, Black Lives Matter as well as um, other um, organizers that um, crashed a party for DA. I heard about Schubert, that. And they
0: right? got arrested.
1: Yeah, some folks got arrested. Yeah. They got you know detained for a bit, but they got out. But you know, of course, the inconveniencing and uh, disrupting and uh, disobeying Proven continues, point. right? So, yeah. and, and and strategic value. Of kind of continuing to shed light in the idea of what we need to do Um, and that is continue to put pressure continue to highlight the injustice here in sacramento and of course you know the multiple layers of different things that we're stretching as april 6 is the grand opening of my hidden gems thrift store there you go there you go support black businesses 2245 uh, Florin Road at the Florin Square, 12 p.m. to uh, you know 7 p.m. Hopefully, of course, you'll be there for the block party. So that's just stressful within itself, opening up um, a thrift store, something that me and my uh, business partner, Passion Bailey, had been thinking about doing for the last three years It's coming. And now that it's coming down the pipe, it's like, uh, and then as well as having our community pop-ups that we've been doing um, twice a month for our young people, as well as um, our elders, having my guy, my dude, Bay Area legend, keep the sneak dropping in, um, he's going to be doing a Q&A that I'm going to be uh, moderating as well as doing an autograph signing. So that's going to be on Saturday. And that's going to be, um, I want to say, what is it, 46... 46- 55, it's going to be at the Fruit Ridge, uh, uh, 4625, 44th 46, Street, 4625, 44th Street at our Fruit Ridge Collaborator where we and me and my brother Morris is, have done so many great events with our young people and um, having he come out a part of the community pop-ups, the SAC Youth pop-ups that we're doing, um, shedding light on not only his, uh, you know, fight with uh you know justice reform but the kind of in and outs of the hip-hop game as well as you know his daily struggles after being shot eight times right yeah. you know, being in a wheelchair and maneuvering in that way so he's going to be dropping some jewels so there's a lot of stuff that we're doing out here and i'm just talking about me I ain't even talked about you so
0: oh yeah it's been busy uh our brother uh bj young bj was popping. <laughs> photo b took that catch him on instagram he does a lot of great work he's been filming a movie yeah i've seen that and so shout uh, out to all the people shot a scene and did a scene in the movie nice put him, you know just more of a contribution look help out type thing uh and just a bunch of projects doing some business consultations helping the brother get his uh books together he's a, gonna be an author putting together a series of books and his business plan and stuff for that uh just a lot of stuff just just trying to get everything squared away and of course uh, make time for this show.
1: Yes, and that, <laughs> and that so that's kind of like you know because we should be at a hundred episodes, but at the end of the day, it takes you know, all, it takes as long as it takes. It, yeah, it did it takes a long. As yeah. that, I, you know me, I like to aim for the sky. So that being said, I just want to kind of get an update on us. So you feeling good? Oh yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great. Tired, busy, activated. It was like going to New York, back home. Uh, saw mom, saw my cousin. We got to hang out. It was with the Bill Black team. Um, you know, shots out to Chet Hewitt, uh, Les Simmons, my brother, sister uh, Kendra. Um, you know, it was just, and Katrina, of course, my sis. Les' wife was out there, was building uh, whole thing with the NBA. Was able to, you know, listen to Adam Silver. Was didn't really know that there was the CEO of Kaiser was actually a black dude. I didn't know. that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And he, this dude over here is talking about how he, you know, is running this billion dollar company, and we were talking about. Just, uh, you know, all of the kind of pressures that we deal with in, in life in general, with social media, with depression, um, with health uh, um, and all those kind of different things. Alonzo Morning was out there um, also speaking. Uh, Chet was, of course, you know, one of the founders of Bill Black was out there speaking truth to power. And he was moderating, uh, you know, one of their uh, what is there? One of their. I wanna say it's not workshop, it's one of their I got panels? a brain freeze panels? panels there. You go. Okay. One of their panels. And of course we were there representing that we're supposed to and kind of just, you know, creating uh, that that line of of, you know, collaboration as well as uh, I believe we have to stretch ourselves more than where we're at in our city. If someone is talking city, I'm talking world globally, right? I'm not talking, you could have the city and be the king of the city. I'm talking yeah. about we will need to be globally um, connected. So connecting those dots met a lot of great people um, that we're going to be doing some work um, pre, you know, in the future. So I think that a lot of things are shaping up to be great. But again, our baby is say something. And I need to make sure our folks support it. Like what we're going to talk about when we talk about support, yeah. support this dope black movie called Us. you going to break that stuff down. But it's about support. Support black bo- podcasts. Support black film. Support black businesses. That's another thing. I've been on crazy mode because I had this great article by Sacramento Bee about me doing 28 days of, you know, eating at a black restaurant. Yeah. 28 days, if I could just knock this out real quick, 28 days of eating in a black restaurant in Sacramento, and some folks was like, yo, oh, he did like what Killer Mike did. No, no, I didn't do what Killer Mike did, but shouts out to Killer Mike and what he did. I did black restaurants, right? I don't hope I didn't say black businesses. Black restaurants here in Sacramento, right? I yeah. If I said black businesses, I well, maybe because I knew what you meant. So yeah, exactly right. Specifically, right. So uh, black restaurants here in Sacramento, and when I went outside of Sacramento, of course, I was making sure I dined in a, a black restaurant, right? Yeah. Um, it was tough. Twenty eight days here in Sacramento doing black owned businesses. If I wasn't eating black owned. Uh, restaurants i would have to go cook for myself and with my schedule that's crazy one thing i found in my trials and, and tribulations of this that there were some restaurants that i saw you can go look up on my page Barry bariaxia's facebook and look up the link i have it on there and you can kind of read up all the different restaurants i don't want to go through too many of the different restaurants because we have too much to cover but one we have this new uh jamaican restaurant some brothers from the east coast came down and set up dub plates OK. Yeah, that's off on West El Camino. So it's a Jamaican restaurant on okay. the East Coast. So they know what they're doing. I, they're great spot. We're probably going to be doing some kind of things over there as well. Okay. Kind of putting, um, I'm, you know, I'm thinking some of different ideas because they're trying to, of course, get some folks to really build into what they have. Right. OK. Um, But at the same particular time, it was hard to eat during uh, 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 the morning time. It was hard to eat on Mondays because most black restaurants are closed closed on on Mondays. Mondays. It doesn't matter if you're in Sacramento or not. And our variety, we don't have that much of. And the funny part about a lot of the black owned restaurants and uh, someone tried to utilize that moment when I said and I was being critical, but I wasn't being critical in a way I was disrespecting the ownership of one of uh, black restaurants that I frequent. That it wasn't black enough, because I said, you know, sometimes some restaurants don't feel like it's black enough, and that was something true to power that I said because I think that we adapt too much to what um, master says, then not um, invest in our own identity culturally, and I say that because when you look down, and I always use this this um, premise because. I feel it's so powerful when you drive down Stockton Boulevard. There's no way you don't feel the power, or the embracement of Asian culture.
0: Yeah, if you're not familiar with Sacramento, that would be the equivalent of like what your Chinatown is, or little Saigon, or or
1: Korea Town. Yeah, you and that's what America. it's called, little Saigon. Yeah, right. And when you go and you travel, and I remember a few years ago when I had traveled to Philly, right? I do probably was. My first time being in this area in Philadelphia, I was right smack down centered in Chinatown. Yeah. And I was like, yo, Chinatown in Philly. And then I had just remembered that same year visiting Chinatown in Chicago. Yeah. They're everywhere. So, so, so. major city. So, so. And that reality, when you talk about every major city having a Chinatown, every major city also has an MLK. And those MLKs either lead you to the hood. Or is right smack down in the the middle, Right, so, and, and it's not Flourishing, you don't feel The embracement of empowerment You feel like The negative, you feel like well, This is what the dream looks like, it's almost a slap In the face, right, okay So, the reality of me saying That was just Basically saying, I feel we should Be proud to own our Blackness in such a way That if it pisses or disturbs people who may not feel like um, they're included? How is that when everything is owned by folks that don't look like us? I think that we should embrace that culture.
0: Okay, so just to clarify something. So if if it's a business that is owned by black people or, I guess, quote-unquote, a black restaurant. So say if it was a Mexican restaurant but it was owned by a black person, does it need to feel black? Yeah, Do you I mean? Like if all yeah, of a sudden, it, uh, if, yeah. if Jose's That's- Taqueria down the creek, if I get some paper and I buy Jose's Taqueria, but Jose's Taqueria is successful, so I don't want to change anything. Yeah. I don't want to change the menu. I don't want to change the staff. Mm-hmm. Y'all got a working formula. I just bought it because it was a cash cow. Mm-hmm. It was making money. So do if I just chose not to make my imprint on the business because the business was successful as
1: is, mm-hmm. is that wrong? I, I said yeah at first, but as you broke it down like that, No. But how many uh, uh, Latino people are going to allow any Negro to own a well? I mean, I think there's, is, well, I think there's uh, a lot of people who don't know who own this. No, I know. And I, so I, that's what I'm saying, and, so and I able. do get that because there is, um, you know, a Asian dude that owns this Mexican-based yeah, yeah grocery store yeah. But in that, their culture is all infused in there. Okay. So I mean, in the sense of Culturally, I guess, if, if, if it's a person outside of the culture, right, that owns it, I think that the culture still needs to be embraced yeah, compared to, you know, you saying it. But I think that it's dope if a black person owned like a taco spot. I think that would be dope, but cool. I don't think that it would be uh, something that would be considered normal or folks would allow that. to yeah, see, happen.
0: Yes. That's what saying. I was saying. If, if you just bought it and then I got Mexicans to run it. I got Jose, Miguel, and all. Well, most of them is running it already in the well, back well, anyway. Well, right? that's what I'm saying. Like if I was like, y'all got a good system here, and then it's because y'all are doing so well. I'm gonna open up two more across town because I got money. And Jose, you run the one on the south side. Miguel, you run the one on the east side, yeah. and run it just like you've been doing it. And I'm just sitting somewhere collecting a check. Does that, you know,
1: does that change the dynamic at all about the feel? I, I think the feel will be different because of what it is. Is based and yeah, you know, black owned. But taco ria. So I expect you to have what you have. Right. Yeah. Because black folks aren't really technically um, besides just eating it and loving the food. Right. We're not technically connected in a way of that culture to say like the Negroes used to you know, cook tacos <laughs> back in the day. Right. Yeah. So black owner you know you allow the culture to be embraced how the culture is to be embraced but yeah. i'm looking at it black ownership and it's just a hub like right right uh, uh you know of whatever you can put and that's a black owner like i'm going to have a bar with negro you don't have any Pacifics, you make it feel a little bit like i know the vibe that's my thing okay. you 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 can find you can feel the vibe of something that's cultural and that could be black owned and it's, sometimes it's not. Yeah. Case in point, um, uh, busboys and poets in D.C. I believe I'm saying it right. I hope I'm saying it right. Uh, it feels black, but it's not black owned. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels. Oh, that's, that's it, mostly B.E.T. felt black. Well, it was
0: black. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. Even and if, post Bob Johnson. Exactly. You know. But I mean, it's yeah.
1: I, I get what you're saying. So, so that's all yeah. I'm saying. We tend to want to clear our way, far away. From our roots of blackness, because it's almost a stigma that it's a turnoff, where Latinos and Asians don't ever have to cater to that whatsoever. Even if they make spots, I just left a spot, um, of a a, a a spot in Chinatown in New York, and it was just a a a, 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 a faux bar or something like that. Fu, what is it? Faux, faux, the soup, faux, faux, Okay, yeah. faux bar, um, and. That place looked so dope, hip hop music. He had a black one of the chefs were black as well, and you didn't even know that you was in there. And it's like that that it was okay, you felt it, but you still felt it was Asian based, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Besides just being in Chinatown. You yeah, you I felt think the only stuff that we do that for that you are barbershops.
0: Like if you if you go to a barbershop there's a lot of them where you can feel like,
1: well, we, they got all barbers that are black. What do you mean? <laughs> no, but I'm saying,
0: but like, we a black-owned business where you 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 settle it. You like, you just feel it, right. you know. Um, but I, I think that that's important, and, and to take on the task of spending 28 days to go to all black restaurants. First of all, I mean, it it, it shouldn't be as hard as it is.
1: Uh, we we <laughs> it shouldn't be. because we but, love to eat. Yeah, everything. And it shouldn't yeah. be. Only barbecue, um, soul food, barbecue, soul food.
0: That's why I use the art, the
1: thing of barbecue. If a brother
0: just wanted to to, to get a taco stand going, if a brother wanted to get a faux bar up, if a brother wanted to get a sushi place, it would look crazy, but we need to do
1: that because they infiltrate our own shit. Why can't we infiltrate their shit? And And that's my reality because I know my brother who's a great chef. And his specialty is sushi. Yeah. I won't really run into that. But you don't have enough of us who are actually getting culinary licensing uh, or who have become chefs from being sous chefs and then moving up that have technically sound in any kind of food made taking that leap where you would see an Asian person opening up a soul food spot.
0: Yeah. In a black community. Well, here's the thing about that is that we have a lot of uh, really great head chefs, uh, black men and women who are very talented culinary artists who will be head chef and and owned by other restaurants. So if if a white person owns a restaurant where we're going to do fusion between, you know, Vietnamese and Mexican, we're going to do this Thai American thing. create go in the kitchen make whatever you want they'll we'll, we're in there yeah. we're the head chefs we're doing the creating yeah. we're putting the stuff out there but then when it comes to us being the one to put the bread up and going out on the ledge saying we're gonna uh, create a business i love how that, you said that, us that's that that our, our theme yes yeah. <laughs> of, of, of putting that out there then that's where i think when we get gunshot and that doesn't happen as much like we're willing to do it for somebody else but we don't but we're do not it. willing to do, we'll it do it for ourselves
1: for and that's the kind of crazy part about um, the 28 days here in Sacramento I found a lot of restaurants That was like okay There were some restaurants I missed Because again I had no idea yeah. And it almost seemed like Folks didn't want to be Labeled Black restaurant Right Yeah, Black owned And not only did I have an article In the Sacramento Bee But I also had an article In the Sac Business Journal I'm yeah. doing my thing right now Because I'm trying to put A highlight on certain things that folks don't really talk about but are not highlighted enough in our community about the idea of black businesses that kind of was infused with the lack of black restaurants
0: okay so sticking with that so something that i think is important so we have this thing where there's a lot of us who don't want to be labeled as a black anything okay. and i don't even think that's negative so like say if you take uh tv shows oh. like we had you know if uh who was it friends friends was a white show with a white cast. But it was just a show. It was actually the idea was taken from the Fox show Living Single, which was an all-black all, all, all black cast. And no one would ever even think that, right? Yeah. But the difference was is that Friends was a show where the cast was white. Yeah. Living Single was a black show. And once you, <laughs> but once you label it, instead of it just being a show where the cast is black... Just like Friends was a show where the cast was white. Once you label it a black show, the ceiling gets really low. Uh-huh. So there's a lot of people like this is not a, a black show. This is not a black movie. This is a movie. Just the cast is black. Mm. This is a show that the cast is black. This is a restaurant that the owner is black. Yeah. But I don't want to be known as a black restaurant not at all. Because once you call me a black restaurant, I get marginalized and minimized. And there's a stigma attached to it, and I don't want none of that. So is that wrong? Like when you think about, like, is is, is if somebody's just like, I don't call me a black restaurant. I'm a whatever restaurant. I sell steaks. I'm not a black steakhouse. Mm. I'm a steakhouse. That the, I, the,
1: the I, owner's black. I think that the reality is that you need to again embrace what it is because we again have been marginalized. We have been separated. We've been segregated. Let's get that word right. Let's be segregated. So the idea of us always trying to play into what is accepted by white folks to be able to say, well, I just want to be a restaurant. That's not the truth. You know what I mean? That as much as you just want to be a restaurant and that's good in theory, you just want to be a steakhouse. I I, I want want to to sell prime cut steaks. That's all I want to do. But your reality is if you become blacker than what the steakhouse folks feel you gotta be right you will be outcasted like when i say by saying this start talking about black issues that make folks uncomfortable in your um you know uh steakhouse that are just regular customers just start talking about things that they may not feel in principle has anything to do with them right start Mm -hmm. talking about okay uh police shootings right and they're looking like well you know he should have followed directions what white, white folks say Cause mm-hmm. when the narrative is, well, he vandalized. Let's use the Stephon Clark idea. He was he he vandalized a whole bunch of buildings. Yeah. Oh, um, the police came. He should have followed directions. So they're looking like police had the right to do what they did yeah. in a sense of. Where now you're talking about it to the people that the patriots are that in your business, you start figuring out like their ideology is totally different than coming over here saying you have a great steak, but you're black. You know, they're not going to really take on some of those black issues that you take on. And now that becomes a thing to where now I don't really want to come to this restaurant. So for the people who are like, I just want a black steakhouse.
0: Like, I I don't care who comes in. I mean, I'm in it for the dollars. I want I'm the quality. I want to I want to be known for for a great cut of beef. I want to be known for a a great, you know, restaurant Um, and I'm selling to whoever's buying.
1: You know
0: what I'm saying? Like 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 this. Yeah, you should. And and if that's the case, is that is that a foul? Is that because, like I said, I, I know that there's people who don't want to be they just want to be.
1: Yeah, I, I just man, I, I, I want to sell burritos. do yeah. I
0: want to be the black guy who sells
1: burritos. Yeah, and I, and I, and I just, I, I just want to be. I love it. But when the narrative continues to be the first black person to ever win this award, yeah. you're never going to run from that as much as you try to. Yeah, because that's just what it is. You know what I mean? You can try to, and I think the dumbest thing is that we're still in this place where the first black anything is continuing to be said. Yeah. I think that we've done a lot of stuff that we just don't get credit for. It's yeah. just now you want to honor and give credit to you. And then in the same sense, when they say the first black, it's almost like white people are giving themselves an award yeah. by saying, we, guess what? We, we finally we've overcome our, our
0: history. <laughs> them speaking. We've overcome our history of oppressing you to to
1: to now say that. No, no, no. We we, we, we like everybody. Yes. Uh, no. And it, and it's OK. and You're now welcome. And you now have arrived. Yeah. And here is this award because you've arrived. High five. Man, pound. Yeah. (laughs) And that's just, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yay. (laughs) And to me, that's crazy and that's artificial. And I believe that, yeah, the stigma is a stigma, but the reality is a reality. And the reality is Negro owner start talking some blackish Compared to just being cool And to the line You will start seeing How they treat you Just like you are A black restaurant So speaking with that Kind of what we were First leading into
0: Is the brother Who was speaking to blackish The brother who was who, who Like I said Who's been putting out Let's
1: give him a quality, call Let's give him a call. Quality uh, wait, Quality wait. content See if you had our drums Or our Bo- like I like, the the, I like the, the the Authenticity Come on brother We gotta move with the times Dog but go ahead uh,
0: And you know And uh, To brother Jordan Peele And, and so uh creator writer producer director everything he did a get out first and then he's got his movie us that's out right now
1: and ryan he's, the, prob- he's probably more successful as being a director as being a comedian or actor that he's trying to be yeah so that. so he, i was having a conversation with
0: somebody about that the other day so if you're not familiar some people were introduced to him from get out okay like some people didn't they didn't remember key and peel like the comedy duo with the, with the Mad TV, mm-hmm. they 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 when most people people started to first catch them, I was like I was joking with somebody there. I said you could tell who the brains of the operation was, because because yeah. his first movie outing was the movie Keanu, mm. the movie about the little cat. Yeah, and you know uh, Tiffany Haddish was in it. Method Man was in okay. that movie. Like all these people, and it was just kind of a, a over the top uh, comedy and stuff. And so you're like, oh, that's they're still doing the same kind of comedy that they were doing on TV. So I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of what they're about. Once Jordan Peele went solo, like, like, like game changer. And and so the uh, movies got out now, Us, which did uh, $70 the first weekend. And
1: so he was... Wasn't it the highest grossing horror film in the first week? Something like that. Yeah.
0: And and so he was just like, so they were asking him, you know, what about, what's next? And he's got the movie Ma coming out next. And uh, yeah, that is his movie, Ma. Right? I believe, yeah, that I, believe that, crazy. I believe that's him too. Uh, and so he's so he's got all these different projects, whatever. Uh, and so they were like, "Well, you know, could you see yourself uh, some to the point where the question was about who he would cast?" He said, "I don't see myself casting a, a white guy as the lead." He said, uh, "We've already seen that movie." <laughs> uh, and,
1: and so does he have a white wife? I believe he does. Oh, I believe man. he does. I'd be it'd be funny with these Negroes who be so outspoken, but then they have a white woman on the arm. But I guess hey, I've had what? those it conversations. Is, it too. is what it is, man.
0: And, and I always look at that sidebar. We'll get right back in the movie is who I've come across. And I don't know if you if this works for you, too. Whenever I'm in certain circles, where we're talking about uh, community stuff or, or what's going on with uh, law enforcement or or education system, whatever. There's a whole I would probably say 90 percent of the brothers that I've come in contact with. I've never seen their significant other. <laughs> like and and that's
1: for no play the shadows
0: but i mean but for no reason i I don't attach any reason to it because i I don't know them like that that i would say i should know your wife by now or your girlfriend or whomever so that's i i don't put so much weight on who your significant other is is because to me if it was that heavy for what i care about it would show up in your behavior Uh because for all i know dude's going home to a dude yeah Or dude's going home to Becky Uh or, you know, he's going home to Shaniqua. I have no idea. He's going home to Maria. He's going home to Ling Ling. I have no idea who these dudes go home to. So I don't put that much weight on it. So if the brother's got a white wife, but he's still on code when it comes to bringing up, you know, thought provoking, you know, conversation starting content. I'm not so I don't care so much, but but to the movie us that he's got out now and multi layers. I don't think you can give one straight synopsis on it if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, go see it. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> just to kind of addressing it a little bit. I know it's still relatively new, so I don't even go into full detail.
1: But uh, you've seen it, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I, I loved it. I've, I've seen it um, numerous times. and We're going to see it again um, with some more, bring some more youngsters, and we're going to go see it. And, uh, you know, I, I'm all I'm all in. Okay. Well, I'm all in roughly it follows the story of a of,
0: starts off with a young woman when I mean, she's a little girl in the uh, 80s and her. They take a trip to uh, Santa Cruz or uh, well, they're in Santa Cruz. Well, don't whatever. don't give them
1: too much of the story. And
0: so in, in and I preface that because that because they have to come back to okay. them. And so in this city, uh, she has an experience to where she gets separated from her family. um uh, some stuff happens where you know she's she's frightened. It's it's a traumatic event. Yeah. Th- the, the time that she's separated from her family reconnects with the family. There's something off about her. She grows up as an adult. You can tell that there's still been some kind of trauma, trauma. associated with that that time period when she was a little girl. Now she's married with a family of her own, and as she returns back to the city, <laughs> uh, all these old fears and paranoias and and, and and traumas and stuff seem to seem to resurface. Uh,
1: so I mean that's how deep you want to go I think that we got to go I think we have to go deep I think we have to go into a place where some folks aren't relatively ready to go um I want you to kind of finish kind of your synopsis on that layer because then I want to kind of go to the layer of all of the wins might not get every single one But hopefully, as I continue to remember the wins that I saw about Us and why Us is such an important film, why it's such a great film, for all of the reasons why Negroes probably wouldn't consider it to be great. And that's not just talking about um, the storyline, because, spoiler alert, is it gory as hell? Not necessarily. Um, Is it suspenseful? I believe it is, but some folks will probably not... uh, really believe that because of other horror flicks that are kind of depicted and we've been programmed to say that's what it is. But that's yeah. when I'm going to go into my breakdown, but can finish with your question.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, the twist in the sense of where it, it, it goes sideways and, and there's a, and the horror factor of it kicks in and there, there's, you know, the killing and the violence and the blood. But I, I just think that all throughout the movie, there's so much symbolism. Yes, sir. And so, uh, and, and I, one thing that I I, I kind of whenever it comes to like reviewing movies or look associating movies, something like this, is that part of you has to be able to say, OK, there's layers to this. I'm identifying symbols. Maybe there's some hitting or deeper meanings in this. And then you have to be able to just watch it. Yeah.
1: Like sometimes you can't be as deep as you want to be.
0: Yeah. It, or it need to be like some some of it is what it is. Some of it is kind of open-ended for interpretation. Some of it is breadcrumbs for you to actually follow. Throughout that movie, there's all of that. So, uh, like I said, just a violent turn, twist at the end. Um, You're not quite sure who you should really be rooting for. (laughs) You know, part of you is like, okay, I'm riding with this with this character because this is what makes sense. And as more as the storyline unfolds, you like, wait a minute, maybe I shouldn't be. (laughs) But then again, maybe I should. I mean, yeah. You know, Jordan Peele himself said that the basis of the story was addressing the have and have nots throughout our society. It's a look on the economic system of America, of how we've forgotten a certain sect of our population. And that we can't forget them because they are still us. Yeah. Like there, as much as you may try to live your day to day life and do whatever you need to do, and you think it,
1: what the, those people over there don't matter. Yeah. They do, and that's and that's kind of like a call for my activism. It's like I live a good enough life as a black person doing what I do, entrepreneur, uh, founder of a very successful uh, mentoring program, right yeah. in the community, and I can literally just say, all right, well. You bring me the kids that I feel I can work with and I work with them. I don't want those kids. And on top of that, those issues that those kids have, there ain't my issue with these kids. I don't have to deal with that. But that's just not who I am. Because, again, that could be my child as I have another program with some great sisters. She could be my daughter. Because my daughter is 22 years old, hasn't prostituted, hasn't been in any kind of – situation that me and her mom or other family members couldn't have pulled her out of yeah that don't mean that she'll never be in a situation right yeah that will be like yo well where have you been my whole thing is a lot of the folks that are in fights right now for activism activism i don't knock them for being a part of it now because things have happened that affected them personally yeah but where were you when it wasn't affecting you that's where i don't want to be at that's why i'm like I'm going to talk about, hey, the lack of black businesses, the lack of black restaurants, uh, sex trafficking and sexual assault and domestic violence here in our community. I'm well, dealing with all those issues because I don't ever want to be in a place where it affects me directly. And I never was in a forefront of trying to do something about it.
0: For, for for that part, there there is a certain part where I do kind of still give a little nod to the people who were like, I wasn't on that because it didn't affect me. I don't necessarily look down upon them. Cause you you know what you know, and, and, and a, a gentleman he, he said the best phrase his mom used to always tell him the worst thing in the world is triple darkness, when you don't know that you don't know that you don't know. Yeah. Uh, but th- there's some stuff like if if you found the 22 year old me, there's a bunch of stuff I wasn't aware of, or I just didn't care about. Yeah. And if you're trying to say well well how come you weren't all on on the homeless issue before somebody you knew was homeless? Cause wasn't no part of my life focused on homeless people. Mm-hmm. You know, how and come you weren't so, on human trafficking or worried about these little girls out here being positive? Because I don't have a sister or no daughters. Yeah. Like, there just might not yeah. be, uh, you I, know, I'm saying. So I them.
1: But I guess, I guess for my upbringing, for my heart, yeah. for my soul, it just always, I think oppression of people upsets me Yeah. because I don't look at it. I don't have this. I don't have that. I look at it like every day I drive by homeless people. I say, well, shit, that could be me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like every time I I think about certain folks that were in my life that were on drugs or are on drugs right now, currently strung out or alcoholics. I yeah. knew friends that were are alcoholics to this day. We was sitting there taking shots of Smirnoff. Guess what? I could have been me. So I think that my idea is just always I rather do for folks before it's done to me or before i'm in that kind of situation
0: yeah i appreciate the ones who are proactive that's it i just don't necessarily hold so much to those who weren't because uh, I think when you start going down the line, it's like, okay, you was there for homeless folks. You were there for make sure women weren't in domestic violence or getting trafficked. But where were you at when little boys were getting bullied? Yeah. I mean, or, it, it, or where were you yeah. at when... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I didn't cover all the
1: bases. Exactly. I, you know what I mean? There's, a, there's there's
0: a bunch of stuff. So, and, it, and, you know and, that,
1: and I think that covers into the sense of this movie didn't cover all the bases, right? Mm-hmm. But the reality of this movie, that it was first a good damn movie, y'all. Yeah. I, for... for, for folks to kind of say it was trash it's okay. almost like what was trash about it take away anything
0: take away trying to read into it for anything other than it was okay. so so if you start off with saying i'm just gonna watch this movie for because i'm just gonna two, watch this for two movie. hours for yeah just like you you know you're not looking for the deeper meaning in, in, in every don't act like <laughs> and a lot it, of every,
1: white folks aren't <laughs> well i mean
0: every, us too there's a whole lot of us like yeah, to act like we, like we deep for everything you know, we're not we're not we're, 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 not looking, like we're not looking for the deeper meaning when Fast and Furious like, please, Ten comes yeah, out, like, or whatever. Like, please it was. dumb me down, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So let's not act like you know we're we're, we're doing all so thesis deep. papers on, on every <laughs> movie that we go and see. So if you just watch the movie for watching a movie's sake, you could be entertained. There'll be parts that kind of make you jump. There's some stuff that's gonna be like, ooh. Uh, there's some stuff that's kind of cool. Like yeah. you just if you just watch it to watch it, you can watch the movie from start to finish and be entertained throughout. Okay. So, so to me, that's how I gauge a good movie. Yeah. First, am I falling asleep? Am I fighting back yawns? Yeah. Like, like am I yeah. am I fighting I, to be I, interested? I mean, late night
1: movies, I'm gonna always do that. But, but I mean, but if yeah, I'm yeah.
0: fighting to be engaged or fighting to care about what's on the screen, that to me is where it, it's not necessarily a good or bad movie. It's just not a movie for me. Yeah, uh, I can watch the movie fine. And, I and watch if I'm paying movie. more than twice to see a movie, that means it's a good damn. Movie. And I watch the movie at night, and I'm notorious. I've been in the movie twice in movie theater twice in ten years. I don't go to movie theaters. Wow. I you, had a friend of mine. You saw Black Panthers in a movie theater, right? Uh, no. Uh, the last movie I saw what in a movie theater. got funny right now. I see it theater. I went to see that last Avengers movie with my niece and nephews when my mom came to Great California to visit. Yeah, I went to the, she was in California. She wanted to take her grandbabies and stuff. So we all went to the movies. Aside that, that, it had been about a decade since I was in a theater. I'll be there for three hours with um, the Endgame, but go yeah, ahead. I, I got borderline narcolepsy. I'd be passing out in theaters. I had friends who refused to go to movies anymore because I'd be asleep by the, the yeah, end of the first credits. My daughter woke me up and said I was snoring, but go ahead. Yeah, so that's why I don't go to the theaters. But, um, so that's why I didn't watch Black Man there. But in any event, so uh, the movie was engaging. It was I could watch it all the way through. Uh, plot twists and stuff. I think for people who are saying, cause when the movie was over, there was a lady like four rows behind me and she was yelling out questions. Like she's probably 50 ish white lady. Black, a white lady. White oh. lady. Well, well, what about this? And, and and how come, how come this was this? And how come that was that? And some people answered her a couple times as everybody's walking out of the theater. But after a while you're like, Hey, Shut you, up. You, yeah, you just watch what I watch. And so, uh, People like that, if you just don't get it, I can see those people are saying it was a bad movie because you walk out feeling
1: empty. And if you try to compare it to his last movie, like Get Out, you that was directly like a statement that didn't have to be a statement because it was no underlining. It was directly in your face. You wouldn't understand this okay. movie. But here's the thing. You niggas are still haven't got out even if you saw the actual statement. OK, Forget but that's
0: what I <laughs> I don't even think Get Out was blatant to everybody.
1: It's, come because, on no no
0: because, no no and here's why because first off get out was disrespected because it was labeled a, a horror movie and it wasn't not at all it, it, asking him he was like it was a biography yeah you know talk about all those social issues all the things that were addressed in that movie were actual real things he just used like a rapper would use metaphors he just used visual metaphors yes. to to talk about what's happening every day in society in america if you're not familiar or have the experience There's a whole lot of people who missed A lot of that stuff in Get Out I like think that's was so self explanatory Because
1: of, uh, he was speaking to you though Do you know what I'm saying? Well okay. I think that I'm a lot more woke And into the know of understanding the. Well I'm talking about things. other cultures Who who just saw it at the face value I'm thinking about black people Well that's why I'm saying a lot of people miss it, like, it Yeah well I, a, if you said well, uh, other people I'm just talking about black people I mean Let black me say, people miss yeah. Get Out? A
0: lot of them. Okay. there is a lot of people who That's what I'm for. I think there's a lot of black people who missed who missed a lot of layers to to get out and uh I haven't heard any black people say that us was bad no I've heard a lot I'm saying I have. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm saying I have not heard any black people who the people who I have heard say they did not
1: like it or couldn't follow it were non-black people. I've heard a lot of black people trash it on my Facebook and social media page. I don't know. Maybe you might have more white friends than me, <laughs> but I don't. You know, I have like negroes after negroes like trashing it, and that's where it brings up more of an issue to me than the actual movie and the conduct and the content of how it worked, right? And how it was supposed to um, be a horror flick, suspense, or what was the uh, the integral parts of how the movie flowed and what was supposed to be the end game, right, yeah. so to speak. So when I look at the movie, as you broke down the premise of it, which is dope, I look at the movie as win, 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 fuck yeah. yeah. Because how many movies... That have we seen growing up. Horror flicks. Yeah. Growing up from the Freddy, um, the, the Freddy movies. The Nightmares on Elm Street. Yeah, the to Friday the, the, Friday 13, the 13th. Halloween, to Halloween. To Halloween. To the screams. Yeah. The newer um, ones. That it was the same end result. Black person always going to get killed first. Right? As well as the darling white dude. Or the darling white girl. That becomes the hero. And kills the um monster that yeah. is going to come back in the sequel. Yeah. You don't know how, you don't know why, but it's going to come back. The same plot twist, the same theories, the same ideas, yeah. the same, you know, the same, well, he's going to be the hero. No, she's going to be the hero. Oh, that person done it. The same concept, no yeah. twist to it, kind of different characters with the same way. Only thing that's different is how that bad guy, that monster is going to get killed. Yeah, how what how was, was going to be
0: franchise made a killing <laughs> off of making fun of the idea of how simple simple-minded you know, the horror movie genre simple-minded is. Simple-minded
1: yeah. horror flicks. Yeah. And white people, negroes loved it and white people made millions some of these horror flicks the figures from it, the bad guys have become iconic to where now in the early 80s or, uh, you know what I'm saying, early 90s, they can reenact them and put them back in 2000 and people will be like, oh, this is something new. Yeah. When really it's the same old shit. Here you have black director. Wayne. Here you have all black cast. Deeper to that, all black Dark-skinned cast. Dark baby, dark husband, dark woman. I'm going deeper to this. Win, win, win. You don't see that. You see a black family. You always see the light-skinned mother, the dark-skinned father, or the reverse of that, and the little kids with the good texture hair, or what they've been utilizing now in Hollywood is a multiracial family, white mom, uh, black father, or reverse of that. Now, the reality is you see that, and then another win. The family that's depicted in this movie ain't a family that's coming from some rural, a destitute, not a hood impoverished area. Not a they didn't you know the mom's not on dope. Daddy's the, not a drunk. He's not, not. You know what I'm saying? not cheating Exactly. It's not some dysfunction. It's like, okay, there are a, a good, moderate, middle class black family that a majority of us are. We're not all in this destitute a prison of doing oppression. Doing well for
0: themselves. And fans. doing
1: good. Doing well Doing them, yeah. good, right? So, again, when they was able to illustrate a positive, powerful black university, Howard University, when, I mean, talk about advertisement that you didn't have to pay for. Yeah. Then on top of that, what I personally like, you had... A old school song that was one of my favorite songs and one of the most iconic marijuana songs that you could ever imagine. I got five on it. Shouts out to the Loons from the Bay Area being blasted to where now... Those Negroes are probably looking at, I know Yuck Mouth is like, good looking. You know, they're looking at checks coming through. So it, it kind of yeah, they
0: increases. 400%. In, right, of easily. They,
1: they, they've increased the volume of what they did, not only for the hip hop game at that particular time, but their influence on hip hop culture as well yeah. as pop culture. Right? With that song. When no actual black person aside to the clones that were died, it was a white family that died first, right? Before anything could have got gory, it was some white people that got killed. A total reverse to what we're used to seeing in yep. horror flicks. Negroes dying first. first Negroes. You can't even get, you don't even know the Negro's name before he dies. Well, like I said, you
0: know, spoiler alert on if you haven't seen it, no other black people were killed. Like, uh, throughout the entire Family, movie, all the stray people on the beach, on the streets, listen, all the everything. When, <laughs> like people when kill.
1: a leading role was played by a dark-skinned black woman, and I say that because Negroes, we face not only racism, but within our own culture, we have a battle with classism yeah. and colorism. Yeah. So that by itself... It kind of takes away from what Hollywood would want us to display as beauty and have our beautiful sister rolling in her empowerment by being the lead, being strong, but also having a little twist towards the end. And I won't give that up. So for me, when I watched this movie and I saw all those immediate wins besides going to the plot twist and besides yeah. going to the actual content and how they've conducted the movie. I'm already excited and I'm going to pay my money just to see that. And I think the drawback for us is the lack thereof of ideas. That we've seen throughout our history because we've been programmed to see horror flicks and movies a certain way that black people aren't favorable. Some of the greatest black movies that we uh, latch on to were the black exploitation movies that looked at us as pimps. Gangsters and hustlers. And I think the idea of when we celebrate some of the movies that I remember growing up on um, Juice, uh, New Jack City, uh, Boys in the Hood, Menace to Society, yeah. all those movies aren't looked on or or, or, or or kind of played out how, uh, you know, Will Smith's uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air was being showed. So I think kind of that idea that we're not ready and we're not used to seeing symbolic things that put us in a right light. We're used to seeing something different and we're always used to seeing what the white depiction of horror flicks are it kind of turned people off because that's what they were expecting
0: yeah well there's an actual formula to do in movies and tv shows there's a a beat system and even in horror movies there's a formula so the 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 hero of a horror movie is to be the female Uh, so if you take any any horror movie it's a woman that's the lead Mm -hmm. and the antagonist the
1: damsel in distress well it's
0: it's the even if she she overcomes like that's The the biggest argument they ever made about all the different underlying things was the second Nightmare on Elm Street movie where they had a a dude was the lead. I don't know if you remember that one. The dude, Jesse, the boy, was, was moved into the old house. And they had him screaming like a woman and acting very feminine. And they thought there was a lot of homosexual undertones because the hero the, the hero of a horror movie is always a woman. So you but any of it, there's a beat system to TV shows, to movies. That's why they do pre-screenings, because if the beat doesn't hit right at the ending, there are people who can watch a two hour movie that they love. But if the last seven minutes doesn't close the way they want, they'll actually rate it as a bad movie. Mm. Like there's an actual formula to how, to how you put films out. So there is a programming. That's why when you watch TV, it's called a TV program. When you listen to a show on the radio, it's called a radio Radio program. program. Like There's an actual formula to how you do that. So when you get somebody who's used to being programmed to seeing something a certain way, as soon as it doesn't go in alignment with your expectations. It sucks. Yeah, it seems off to you. It's trash. You, re- your part of your you brain reject reject just it. rejects it. Yeah, you reject
1: and it. so you're, you're sitting there like, eh, eh, wasn't feeling I, it. I, I, Wait, I, don't waste. Here, here's one thing, and I don't I mean to cut you off. I don't like when they start trying to then program us by saying, "Don't waste your money." When a negro usually says that, that usually means I need to spend my money.
0: Yeah, and to me, when I, whenever I hear that about anything, like I said, I haven't heard that yet from black people about this movie, but I have heard about it from from other. Oh man, don't even waste your money for that i I expect that from white people. But here's the thing economically, we're some of the most money wasting as mother-effers on the planet. <laughs> so before you tell me to worry about my $12 matinee, $16, whatever it is at night, $20, whatever it is, depending on where you live to go see a movie, uh, we're going to blow the money anyway. So if it means <laughs> that, that if we're focused on this brother doing $70 million the first weekend, he just got a big deal, a multi picture deal to put out more content because of Get Out. Following it up with a big box office weekend is going to allow him and other people to continue to make movies. Man, it opens the door. Yeah, so so I'm saying like <laughs> like the, the idea on, of man. saying that, that a brother who wrote, produced, and directed his own movie to say, don't waste your money, mm. it is a horrible logic. To, yeah, like we we do that. And like culturally, like you go see it to see it. And then we going to work out when more people have opportunities to do stuff. We can we can start working yeah. some stuff out a little bit better. The same reason why people voted for Obama, I'm gonna vote for the black dude. Exactly. We got a chance to get the
1: black dude yeah. out there. Let's go and get yeah. the vote in and, and get the can, black dude in. And we can figure out to criticize him. We'll do all that but later. At the end of the day, but if you got to do, vote in.
0: if you got to do right now, I've made my comments about, about movies for years. I said they're all remakes or sequels. Like everything that's coming out is either a remake or a sequel. So you got a dude who's actually putting together original content, mm. like he's actually thinking about what he's doing. and and putting stuff out that's getting well-received uh, that whole idea of don't waste your money is a is some of the dumbest stuff we can be saying right now when we're just coming off the heels of this Oscar so white. Yeah. We're not getting breaks. Yeah. We're not getting opportunities. Yeah. No film companies are not giving budgets to black films. Yeah. They're not giving promotional marketing budgets to go overseas. Not at all. Unless you're doing a Kevin Hart movie where you're the only black dude in there or you're clowning for for 2
1: hours or you're cooning.
0: Yeah. So I mean so it, 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 if that's the only time you're going to get a break if you got a dude who can do originally Content hiring all black cast making only black production crew, and, and and sets him up to make multiple
1: uh, picture deals. Well, I don't know why somebody and, would be on that and, and don't, and don't it, see it stuff. And it's just the unfortunate part when we talk about us, how us is so much in trouble because us does not support us. <laughs> and it's so funny and ironic that this movie us has come out and I had was pushing with my us shirts, right? I was like, us. Buy black, bill black, support black, yeah. right? And then here comes a movie us. I was like, whoa, look at that! Because it's about us, and it's on us. It's 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 time for us to support us, and we yeah. don't do that enough. Without it being some kind of consequence, without it being some type of criticism, and the lack there of real content for the criticism. Like yeah. what? Like what's the basis of the criticism aside to you're saying that it wasn't scary enough? aside to you saying, well, I didn't really get the messaging. But how many times have you got the messaging on all these white films that ain't got nothing to do with you, but you continue to go ahead and pay and watch and say, this is the greatest shit ever. White people do not care about if it's going to uh, be something that black people want to watch. They're like, they're making a movie to their base and their base is white they're not tripping any once in a while when they go ahead and put a black actor or a black actress in it, that's just a plus yeah. some of these movies that have been made throughout history in white America they've put a lack thereof Asian, Mexican, or black whatever you want to call it and almost made it seem like it was a white world there were some movies where you would look at it like god damn all white cast like there are black people that live around here <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying And even like, shit, damn, can we even be the criminal? It's like they, it was almost like a world without other people besides whites. And that's the beautiful thing about white people. They can really absolutely do that. Where with us, it's not that possible because we infuse white people in our currency of life. Somehow, some way, whether it's the police, whether it's them teaching us, whether it's us going and getting our food from them, there is some infusion of whiteness that has to be developed. Even if it's a um, all black film, white folks are attached to us, where white people don't have to deal with that or have to worry about the pressures mm-hmm. of them serving the purpose of identifying with black people. And that's why I get frustrated and I look at the ignorance of individuals who are not excited about these movies coming out like us, movies that are coming out like Black Panthers that have not only... Black actors and actresses, but have the directors and the writers actually formulating the content. So that means, guess what? It wasn't a black story that a white director did. It's all black everything. So I say... How do you really want to move away from the power structure of white supremacy if you continue to hold on the ideologies of white acceptance and continue to do the same old monotonous shit and shit on black shit, celebrate white shit, and want to critique black shit to tooth and nail and white people come up with the dumbest movies, the dumbest things over and over again and you support the shit.
0: Yeah, because I, I think the content, for what it puts out, is makes a huge difference. It's not like someone's. So I, if you remember back when Eddie Murphy was putting out his own stuff, he he was met with so much backlash, and they were even lightweight calling him racist for the movie Boomerang, because critics were saying they put together this movie that had no white people. That was crazy. That it was an idea of all these professional black people. A beautiful who, who, movie. Who were doing well with an all-black cast and a bunch of black storyline that had absolutely nothing to do with <laughs> white people. Like, <laughs> like this movie had nothing to do with white people or black it. people's reaction or response to white people. White people were irrelevant in this movie, and so they were telling, calling Eddie Murphy racist. They were saying, you know, he didn't want to do all this, and 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 they were trying to put put you know put the brakes on him continuing to make this kind of movies. People forget too, uh, Michael Jackson. Remember the time? is the only uh, depiction of Egyptian time on a mainstream level with a 100% black cast. Wow.
1: And here's one thing. like, I, <laughs> And here's one thing. The Negro that talks about us is the same Negro that still watches the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And you know and that Ten Commandments is such a a fugazi movie when you know, damn it, there were color folk. All infused. Matter of fact, there was no white person, <laughs> playing yeah, playing this to, part. Today's Egyptian, exactly. Yesterday's it, Egyptian, it, 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 Elizabeth Taylor, yeah. motherfucker. Uh, Come so, on, Sigourney y'all. Weaver
0: just played the last one. I'm
1: just saying. That that's what I'm saying. Like, like that's like, like Sigourney. Here's Weaver what,
0: from Aliens
1: was the one playing the last. last, last Here's Egyptian what play. we have accepted and been okay with, and as soon as we start moving the gauntlet, as soon as like pioneers even though i thought you know spike lee was cooning and oscar but pioneers like spike lee who have now can sit back and see the remnants of his um sacrifice yeah. when he was doing all these black yeah. so-called he's a, ha-
0: he's a hater the last 15 years of his life yeah he's but, he's but you but you don't get jordan Fugues. peele without
1: spike he Riff. was full um and he's full right now but on certain levels but before he had that thing going and you appreciate and value it more. To now, it's easier for Jordan and um, uh, other brothers and sisters to kind of come into that gate yeah. of doing these more blacker, unapologetically, this is what it is take it, accept it how you want, yeah. and hopefully. My people will support it in the way they're supposed to do. And I say celebrate the black art, celebrate the black culture, celebrate your blackness, celebrate yourself and be able to say, I may not identify with all the symbolism, symbolism, excuse me, in the movie, but I do understand the volume of what that movie portrays. And those things that I lined up, if you are not saying that's a win because you're pretending that that's just often it happens in movies in America for black people you're fucking dead wrong because we have never seen a wave like this in the last five or some years of black people not just being stereotyped to say these are the only roles that you're going to be playing yeah. but in so many different critical stages on TV, film um, and also as well as in um, you know live show acts right. we've been able to be uh, diverse and it wasn't just you know for instance you have um one artist kind of always playing that same role like oh you know he's going to be a gangster you know what i'm saying you now have them being able to really show their diversity and how they act as an actor and actress and i think that's a win yeah
0: i I don't think that there's any denying the fact that, that for the big picture and for us as a people jordan peele winning means that we're winning like, I believe so. Like I mean, like I said, the fact is that if you look at the work that he does, the people who he he puts on, and and the the, the 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 looks he's given, to say that Jordan, Pee- so so this is something that I think is important. Kind of going back to talking about the restaurants. If you are a uh, a black director, a black actor, a a black screenwriter, whatever, or if you're a screenwriter who happens to be black. Mm. Because there was another actor out there who who has some some who's had some issues as of late in the news, whom a lot of questions are coming up about him. And so uh, our brother Jesse Smollett Mm.
1: and we're going into overtime right now, family a little
0: bit. But I think this is important because it ties in into this part here when it comes to, to support Jesse Smollett for the rest of his life will be a gay dude that happens to be black. Wow. As opposed to a black man that, that happens to be gay. Okay. Because that was the LBGTG call that got him out.
1: You mm, think so?
0: Yeah. Because the LBGT community was not going to have a, at this stage, internationally publicized story.
1: You think so? You think they really cared about the black guy the black gay guy? No, no, no. no, no he, he, hear,
0: hear what I'm saying. Okay. About such a huge story about an LBGTQ Individual saying that he was the victim of a hate crime that's going to be labeled as a hoax. Okay, we're going into overtime, family. Yeah. So stay with us. So the fact is, is that because as soon as we told previous podcast practice and Precedence, okay. as soon as you get that out there that a person is sitting there saying that he was the recipient of a hate crime for being homophobic, because the first thing he said he was called a homophobic slur before he was called a racial one. So they're like, that's that F from from the TV show. Mm. And so uh, that's not going to fly. Because I don't think anybody cared about him because he was black. And black people, most of us bailed on him. Because most of us were sitting there saying, he had to have been up to something. I'm out of he here. He was trying to buy some <laughs> D at 2 in the morning. Listen, I'm out of here. Ain't you no know, black dude walking the streets, leaving the subway at 2 in the morning. out of here. Yeah, that was an LBGTG call. Because you don't get 16 felony counts dropped against the wishes of the mayor and the chief of police for that dude for being black. Astounding. So for the rest of his life he's gonna be a gay dude that happens to be black. So for 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 some of us out there, I don't think we see black we don't associate black. Like for the guy who wants to have a steakhouse, he don't want to have a black steakhouse, he just wants to have a steakhouse. Mm. I think for some of us who go and see, they don't see a black man that is a writer, a director, a producer giving opportunities to an all black cast production crew, opportunities to new stories and intricate stories that reflect our culture and our ideas and our beliefs. They're just a a dude who's watching a movie who happens to be black. Mm, You really think so? I think there's there's a lot of us out there (sighs) who don't come in there as a black man looking to support a black man. They come in as, I'm a dude who happens to be black who's just watching
1: a movie. Interesting. You really, you, you so you feel like first Jesse got out because of the, I think it was the LBGT ah, g You think so? I think so. 16 felonies. You don't think they kind of messed up somewhere and didn't have enough proof or someone wasn't paid off? You don't believe that? Mm -mm. Not against the direct
0: wishes of the chief of police and the mayor of the city of Chicago for a dude that ain't got clout like that. (laughs) (laughs) They wouldn't do that for Michael Jordan in Chicago. No. Mm. They wouldn't drop 16 felony counts without some kind of work project, public service, some kind of something to then sit there and say, we're going to drop all 16 charges. This is the only statement we're making. We're closing the case and we are never addressing this again. That is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like Oprah's not getting that in Chicago. That is real crazy. You know know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's that's not for that dude.
1: I not for that guy. Not for not for Jesse Smollett. Let's be very clear. I'm not yelling team Jess. I really don't give a shit, to be honest with you. At this particular time, um, I think it's an embarrassment. It speaks to so many different volumes. Uh, first, let's go into this one. The idea that is Jesse um, guilty is Jesse uh, innocent. Who knows? Yeah. But the reality, some silly negro shit happened, yeah. and he was involved in some questionable things and behavior, and at the same particular time, I'm not going to look at a system that vindicates a, uh, a gay black man as working now, because it hasn't worked for innocent black men or um, innocent gay black men, right, yeah. for whatever uh, stretch of the way you want to kind of, um, you know, look at it, as well as uh, black women. So, let's look at Chicago, The same place that vindicated R. Kelly some years back, decades ago, that now want to retrial him for the same shit that you were supposed to get him on. And with that being said, the lawyer that came back with these charges to kind of get R. Kelly back into the hot spot, he is now uh, in his own extortion case (laughs) with Nike. The lawyer that brought up the charges again, the, and he was a uh, Stormy uh, Daniels lawyer. Yeah. So I'm looking at Chicago like eh. the same city that has all these high murder rates for black people that barely gave a Chicago police officer um, some time. And it's a short amount of time for killing an unarmed black male allowed three other Police officers who were indicted and that was connected in the cover up that was sought and saw. And it was all fingers pointing to like they're going to get some time, but let them go. Here is this corrupted city that we've seen um, amounts of time with not only this. Let's go into history with the mob, but just with everything else. Yeah. That is now coming out and saying, hey, uh, made a mistake over here. It's almost embarrassing to the idea that we have of the system, but as well as the city of Chicago, that is corruption is so high, high to the level to where. You got the mayor and the chief on board and now you don't got the prosecution on board and they just fumbled the case, a high profile case that they decided to give 16 felonies to, which I thought was totally ridiculous. So vindication should be vindication on one thing. And that's the only thing I would say that Jesse. Should have no way in hell had 16 fucking felony charges. There shouldn't have necessarily really been any kind of charge like that. It should have kind of been the same exact thing as I said before with the young guy that made the whole big lie, the Olympic swimmer, the golden boy. Well,
0: that's what they do that for the plea bargain factor, because most people don't realize most cases get plea bargained out. Yeah. Like, but I mean, I, 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 well, no, I'm saying for folks who for might not be aware, how, that's why if you've ever been arrested for stuff, you're like, how am I facing 22 counts yeah. of this, this, and this? Because they hit you with everything that you could potentially be guilty of. So by the time we're done, we're going to whittle this down to three or four. Yeah, for sure. It, well, I'm saying for, for folks who yeah. don't know. So get you down about three or four. We'll split your time. We'll make an arrangement. Plea bargain, you out and go home.
1: But I'm saying so, in a simple fact, yeah, plea bargains, whatever. I'm talking about like they did for the white boy, the shit should have been like, you know what, we're done with it because the white boy never got he never got arrested he never got hit with any charges it was like man whatever give us a little bit of this bread get the fuck out of here we're done with it and that didn't happen with him but this is clearly not telling me that jesse didn't do something i'm still to that case of that negro did some silly negro shit i don't give a damn what happens because i'm not going to rely on a justice system that has failed black folks from the beginning of time so it now works for jesse i believe that that's why
0: i don't think it was because of him being black
1: oh yeah well i I believe that he did something wrong and of course i look at to the tender side of the gay agenda that is being promoted and being pushed
0: deep pockets deep influence deep deep because this hollywood
1: star is not as big but the same thing of a black eye and the lbgtq community it would have really been that. that hurts the movement and the movement Jesse has pop. to stay yeah, legit. Exactly. Jesse because, getting pop hurts the movement. Yeah, because the the movement in so many ways, if you layer it, if you take away some of the, the ultimate want to be just recognized as a human being, there's a lot of things that I'd like to question about the whole movement in itself. And some of those things are the racism in this community yeah. towards black people. So right here gives them viability as well as going into the election of 2020 that they needed a strong win to keep their base solidified, to keep that hope that for black people as well, that there is equality in this community. That being said, I believe that this is a big punch in the face to a a, a corrupted system That has so many flaws that makes you really say, how the hell do y'all spend all this time and y'all don't catch this guy and you spend lack there and less of time getting all these killers on the streets and all these murders you can't solve, and yet and still y'all had a thing that you felt that you solved, and you can't get the case done. On top of that, those murders that you have in Chicago, they're not just black people killing black people. I definitely believe that it's police killing a majority of those black people. Now that's just being truthful. I think there's a lot that goes on with that. Like I said, I, I think that
0: this system is is <laughs> like I said, the LGBT community right now in this system. They got a lot of headway going. Yeah. They make it a lot of moves. That's why I said it was LBGTG call. Yeah. Somebody somewhere with some deep pool who knows what the plans are for the future is not about to get derailed. I don't think if it didn't become, this became an international story. People in, in other countries are know who Jesse Smollett is now, yeah. who never knew who he was before this. Yeah. And to sit there and say that we're going to take this L, that, that we've got hoaxes and that, that the, the talk of the hate crimes and why we need to these laws and policies because we need to be a protected class and all that oh no y'all lie about this
1: mm.
0: y'all y'all that's your boy right yeah you know like y'all out there lying about oh that's taking the wind out the sail right. they wasn't about to take that out and,
1: and, and i and i think that you know just to kind of clear the wind or the window jesse better watch his mouth and i say that and in a brotherly love. Yeah. If you embarrass, I don't give a dang what community you in, you embarrass white supremacy the way he has now been able to embarrass white supremacy because he's the Negro that got away. Understand watching the Bill Cosby's of the world, watching the OJs of the world, yeah. watching the R. Kelly's of the world. You eventually gonna get got. If you start acting like you two
0: years for, for a and, jaywalking ticket
1: and you start moving and navigating in a way, I suggest take your victory. Don't say too much about it. Oh, you haven't heard of Don't create. I, I don't want I, 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 I. I'm just not trying to. But <laughs> don't take this and run with it to the point where. You've become a target. Don't
0: feel like you Teflon
1: Don. Yeah, because you you're not Teflon Don. Yeah. They will get you. Yeah, and they seen. will get you for the smallest shit. And the shit that you really ain't had nothing to do they're with. They're already
0: hinting now that the two alleged Nigerian brothers was maybe in whiteface. Still trying to stick to... The, to, to them, two, them two yoked out brothers from Nigeria. said
1: Well, maybe they was in whiteface. Bro, like I said. Like I said. It's a clown it's, show. It's a clown show. And it's and like some, one of those things that... We don't really need to um, pay attention, but because we've well, we've clearly we've clearly spoke on it to, on a show, so that's the update. When I heard about them dropping all the charges, I was like, "What the fuck was the problem? And what was the point of us going through all this shit? Like, come on, man." Like, well, let's the be reason
0: real. the reason why I think is important, which ties into the movie, which ties into even talking about the restaurant stuff, is like I said, I think for the rest of his career, he will be a, a gay dude that happens to be black. And I think that there's a lot of us out there who identify with something else. Like, like I said, the black dude who don't want to have a black steakhouse. No, I, I, yeah. a steakhouse. Well, I for, agree. Well, I agree. I totally and, agree. And for the person out there who just sits there and says that I'm this. Like, I don't want to be... Don't Subject put that to a color. I yeah. Don't it? put that black label on me. I'm human. And, <laughs> and yeah. And so I I think that you know we have people out here who make these moves and make these decisions, but also we have dudes out here who like Jesse was completely out of pocket, but we have a certain thing that we like to highlight folks who were
1: super out of pocket. Yo, silly negro of the week. What is his name? Gomez. Mark Gomez. Yes. Mark Gomez. We need to holler at this silly ass negro. Mark Gomez is folks who don't know and don't understand what time it is. He is the Negro that had the audacity to kick multiple times a black woman who was minding her own business in a subway of New York while some other silly ass Negroes just recorded it, didn't check him, didn't kick his ass, didn't stop him, just recorded it, recorded it and said, damn. Two silly ass Negroes, the mother effers that recorded it and the goddamn silly Negro, Mark Gomez, who now has been arrested by police. But I'm going to let you know. My brother, when I heard about it, I was on the streets of New York. I was looking around in subways. I was looking for him. I wanted to take him out because once upon a time in a black community, there were two things that you never did. One, you never, ever disrespected your elders or did anything to your elders. And two, you always made sure that you protected the, uh, the young kids as well as, let's say, three, and the black women. These things are not even happening no longer. It don't matter about if you're an elder, if you're a kid, if you're a black woman. There is no protection. There's no respect. There's silly motherfucking niggas running around here that will do anything in their power to make sure that you should fear them and you don't have any coverage. And that, to me, is something that's disgraceful. Mark Gomez probably has a grandmother. Mark Gomez, if he doesn't have a grandmother, he probably had a grandmother once before in a time. And I'm sure he doesn't want somebody... That was kicking his grandma's ass. But maybe you know, you never know. He might have not had a good relationship with his grandma. But the reality is this: he has someone that loves him, and I'm sure that he wouldn't want any woman in his life, in his family, to get kicked the way. He kicked this old woman. I'm talking about savagely kicked. I'm talking about Pele kicks to the face. Not one time, not two time, numerous times. And walk as if he had sat there and pounded some 6'5", 300 pound Negro for taking his lunch money. This is a bully act. This is a silly Negro act. This is disgraceful. It's horrible. And Negroes like that shouldn't have time to breathe. I'm disappointed with all the New York gangsters. I can't even understand how they were even able, the law enforcement was able to pick him up without some of those super thugs in New York City grabbing his ass and ditching his ass and beating him down before he got there. He would have had to be picked up at the hospital, not picked up at his home. My whole thing is, the constant um abuse that black women are, are receiving our children are receiving. It doesn't make me feel safe for them. And I need more men to step up, stand out, and make sure instead of video recording, you are intervening. I heard a lot of people saying that, guess what? Um, I was in fear of my life. You don't know what that could happen. You could have a gun, a knife pulled, whatever. And I'm saying like this, if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. But don't be a coward standing there and not doing nothing and pretending like you didn't see nothing. I couldn't move like that. I wouldn't even ask anyone to. Uh, to do that for me, I would jump in regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the consequences, because it's the right thing to do. And I think that in this community, in the society we live in, we no longer think about the right thing to do. We are so desensitized. We have normalized ignorant behavior, and we have allowed ourselves to think that kicking an old woman is better to be put on World Star than intervening. Stop picking up your phones and start charging and start checking motherfuckers that's disrespecting our black queens. Silly Negro of the week, your boy, Mark Gomez. Yeah,
0: hopefully they throw the book at him really, really hard. Or hopefully (laughs) he's somebody's bitch right now. I would love to say 20 years ago, I would say confidently he would be. Now, confidently, he's probably making somebody else's bitch that or he's in a, in a in a bunch of people who are telling him it's effed up that they arrested him for that. <laughs> I think these are things that these these stories that we need to highlight and address and that, you know, getting out there and, and being aware and, uh, and mindful of the community, mindful of the culture. As much as we would love to live in a society to where uh, a man, a great man who passed some time ago said that you should be judged on not by the color of your skin, but by the content of your character. uh that's one thing to feel like you do not want to be judged by it. It doesn't mean that you exist in a space void of it mm. and that though the degree of, of pigmentation in your skin is not the end all be all to the quality of human being resides within it. Uh, there's nothing wrong with identifying with, with culture and with history in the the existence and the, the lineage of the humanity that that, that you Are a part of, to sit there and say that I'm going to embrace where I come from, I'm going to embrace where I've lived, I'm going to embrace my ancestors and my family and my lineage, is in no way, shape, or form uh, a slight to anybody else, nor should it be anything to be ashamed of. It's okay to say that I'm a black man who owns a steak shop. Man, It's completely okay to say that I'm a black film director who's got a movie out. It's completely all right to sit there and say that I have a a piece of me and a history of me that I want to imprint on what it is that I'm doing or whatever it is that I'm attached to. And so I think that when we can fully love who we are, Man. we love all of who we are Embrace and we're not everything. ashamed to, to, to put that imprint of who we are. And for those who, who don't get it, you, you just may not get it. And your opinion is still valid yeah. and, and it's completely okay for you to speak up and, and say your piece at the table. Cause For us to come together and to understand and to move
1: and grow, we all have to feel like we have the opportunity to say something. Say something, say something, say something. Oh, yeah. Make sure that y'all have not. If you haven't done it, make sure you check me out on Vice News. Shout out to Vice News as well as Democracy Now. I don't know if I shared that before getting it in. We're putting it out there. Vice News and Democracy Now. Look it up. You'll be on my links because guess what? Everything... On my social media handle is Barry Axios right I was now. about to say, give the rundown. It's, it's Yeah, it's social media, Facebook, Barry Axios, Twitter, Barry Axios, IG, Barry Axios. And we also still have the IG at Team Voy. I had to go Barry Axios because I got to keep everything kind of like,
0: yeah. Because
1: Bobby Brown was get to, get to, get to go stuff Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jermaine Morris on
0: Facebook. Every other social media platform is at J. Morris CEO. This has been the Say Something Podcast.
1: And you know what we do around this time. Holla. Until next show, we will holla at you later. Sure.